This is Celebration Church, but it's more than just a building or a church. We have a calling to be a place where people can find a relationship with God instead of religion. A place where freedom is found and acceptance given, and every person can discover their purpose and experience the kind of fulfillment only God can give. Together we will raise, lead, and empower a generation to change the world. Here, Jesus is famous, and all the glory goes to God. This is celebration. This is our family. Welcome home. Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as those online are joining with us as well. Let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are and what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us. And again, good morning to those watching online, those who are still at home preferring to stay away from crowds still, and for those who are on vacation and stuff to check in with us while they're on the road. Good to have you worshiping with us as well. Uh, just to remind you quickly of our offering, the way we take our offerings here at the Celebration is if you have cash or check uh, and you'd like to give that, there'll be people at the doors on the way out with buckets and you can pop, uh, put your offering in at that time. A lot of people, the majority of people give online. Many have signed up for recurrent giving, which is really great. Our accountants love that. Uh, something that's always consistent. Uh, and then others give weekly on using their phones, which is what I do. I did it before I got up here, so you don't have to sit there stare at me wrestling with my stupid phone. Uh, where you can go to our app, a Celebration Church app, and you can push the give button and, uh, and just type in your information there. It's very, very easy. And thank you again for your continued financial support of the church. Um, uh, you saw in the uh, news the mention about filling out prayer requests and stuff. Now, let me just encourage you as your pastor, be specific about your prayer requests. I really believe we're supposed to be very specific when we pray for people. A lot of requests I see about a guy who needs a thing. What guy needs what thing? All right. Say, well, God knows. Well, I don't. So help those of us who are praying for you to know what it is that you're praying. And I think that there is a power uh, when you pray specifically and you mention someone's name to God. Uh, so if you would just be very specific in your prayers, let us know so that we can pray more effectively for you. Next month uh, is a big event in our lives. Lovely Deanna, my lovely wife, is going to be turning... 50 years old. On July 19, she says, what are you going to do when I turn 50? I said, I don't know, trade you in for a couple of 25s. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she didn't think it was funny either. But anyway, um, so we're going to have, I said, well, let's we'll have a big party. So we started to figure out who we're inviting, inviting. And, you know, we just know everybody. So I said, I'll tell you what, let's make this easy. We'll just invite everybody. 
and, uh, and uh, here in our campus, those who want to drive over, it's going to be a fun night. It's a Monday night, July 19th, starting at 6, 6 to 9, and uh, uh, we're going to have, we have a band, and not just a worship band, but, you know, a band, and, uh, and there's going to be food and stuff like that. The church, for those who care, and most of you really don't, I love that about y'all, but uh, the church is not paying for it. I personally am paying for it. I just need to know how many of you all are coming so that we can plan for the food. So over the next several weeks, we're going to be remi- reminding you, there's a sign-up sheet out there to uh, say, yeah, and then check, you know, if you can make it even. I say, yeah, yeah, we're going to come. We'd like to be there just so we can plan accordingly. Those of you at home who don't like to get out in crowds, but yet you will come for food. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can sign up online. Just go to our website and under the events button somewhere there, uh, you can give us your name so we can plan on you. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, six to nine. Again, free food, well, free for you, and the music, and we're going to have a, <laughs> a great time. If it rains, and we're going to do it here at the church, uh, over on this side, and if, the, if it rains or something, we can just come inside, so it'll be great. We're looking forward to it. Uh, some months ago, uh, as you know, over the last year or so, I've been talking about uh, the kind of church we are. I didn't even really know how to describe it, and then uh, someone said, you know, you guys are our convergent church. I said, what's that? Is that's the, it's, it just seems to be a movement all across the world of churches that are now bringing in the elements, elements of uh, traditional liturgical churches, historical church, and charismatic church, and, and evangelical church, and blending them together. And everyone seems to have a different blend, but it's, it's this convergent idea of trying to bring everything together and why they're important. Uh, and a few months ago on my Facebook, I just threw out kind of just a, an announcement looking for like-minded churches. Is there anybody else out there like us that uh, follows me? And I got many responses from pastors all over the country. One of them was a pastor from Pascaluga. Pascagoula, not Luga. Luga, Lugi, that's a horrible thing. Pascagoula, Mississippi. And uh, uh, they're on the Gulf Coast and, uh, and other pastors as well. So uh, I'm be bringing some of these guys over the next several months as we're connecting with these other men and women who are, had these wonderful churches who are doing the same thing that we're doing and, and finding a way of celebrating and sharing and learning from each other. And uh, so I invited uh, uh, Pastor Eric Camp and his lovely wife, Tony, is with him uh, to come this morning and share with us. Would you give a big warm welcome to Pastor Eric Camp, Pastor Gula. Luga. Pascaluga. We've been called a lot of things. Pascaluga was the first time. I think Jay Leno actually said that when we made the Leno show many years ago. That's another story for another day. Um, so great to be here. Celebration. You guys have a great church. First time in Wisconsin. Definitely the first time in Green Bay. But I want to say this. I just got to honor your pastors. We love Mark and Deanna. These guys are as real as they get. And I love that. I mean, these guys, you guys have great pastors. I mean, you don't get any better. And so we have thoroughly enjoyed our time, got to go to Lambeau yesterday, and that was a life experience for me. That was one of those bucket list things. And, um, and so I am a Saints fan. Y'all like, who's that? I mean, that's, the new, that's the New Orleans team because we are, we are actually about an hour and a half outside of New Orleans on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Biloxi, Mississippi is right next door. So if you're familiar with the area, uh, Biloxi. And, um, and so even Laugh Your Way, you know, we still do Laugh Your Way and have been for many years 
That's the way we do marriage counseling at Collective Church is laugh your way. We have small groups every semester, and uh, interestingly enough, uh, many, many years ago, we just started showing the videos, even on midweeks, and so we walked through that whole thing with our church, and so it is such an honor to be here. I can't even begin to describe how excited my wife and I are. Again, my wife, Tony, here on the front row. Uh, I think I said this earlier, so there's something about being a pastor, you know, we, we get to marry the hot chicks. I see that. I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, okay, well, anyhow, that went over like a lead balloon, but I'm just saying it's, it's an honor to be here. So I do appreciate just being able to be here with you guys. And we do have an 18 year old son who graduated high school this year. So life is changing for us. Um, he's going to be a coach. Actually, he's actually coaching at our high school. He's an offensive assistant coach as he goes to junior college. And, and, uh, hopefully he'll go to, uh, Auburn university war Eagle. I knew it. I always wait for that. I wait for the Alabama roll tide person because it doesn't matter where you go. There's at least that one. Y'all know that, right? There's always that one. Anyway, so <laughs> anyway, well, you got a lot of bragging rights right now. I can say that for you. So uh, again, to be here is such an honor. I would never imagine that I actually have the opportunity to speak at Mark Gunger's church. I mean, do you guys realize how intimidating that is? I mean, for somebody like me to come and speak at a church that like one of the best communicators in the whole world, you guys are blessed here, man. Y'all are so, honor your pastors. You guys have an amazing, yeah. All of our church people is like, wait, why, you're going to Gunger's church? Why did we not get an invitation? I'm like, because we still have church at Collective on Sunday, so you gotta be there. All right, so if you have your Bibles, I wanna ask you to turn to Luke chapter three. That's gonna be the scripture that I'm gonna be in here in just a few moments. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't start out being a pastor, I had never expected that I would be a pastor. In fact, I fought against it. I'm like, I'm not going to be a preacher. No, we were on staff years ago. And, and, um, I'm like, you know, I'll never do that. That is definitely not something for me. I've been in law enforcement. We've been in business banking business, but I had this itch one time about trying to go into politics. The judgment of me just increased a lot. You notice that? I kind of felt that in the room. And so anyway, I did. I had this desire. I was going to go in politics. And I wanted to be mayor of the city in which I lived in at the time, which was Oxford, Alabama, and um, just east of Birmingham. And uh, anyway, and so I decided to jump in. And I got to ask questions. Man, why don't you just run for city council? Why mayor? I mean, you know, that's the best. I was like, I want to be the boss. I want to be the guy in charge, you know? I mean, I know maybe it was a little pride back then. But anyway, the government was changing a little bit. And and so I uh, decided to jump into that race. And the interesting thing about the race and the reason why I decided to jump into it is because the mayor, 70-something years old, he, he was atheist and he was very pronounced atheist. He, he didn't believe in anything of God. And there's a council there as well, five or six council members, and all of the seats were up at one time. And so there were all of the folks that were going up for council that were atheist as well. And then on the other side, there were people of faith deacons and leaders in their church that were running against these people. The mayor had no competition. So I'm like, I'll do it. You know, I'll try this. I'm 24 years old. I can conquer the world. You know, so it's like, I'll do it. And so I did. I jumped into this race. Now, mind you, no one had ever gotten over 7% of the vote against this mayor. The mayor had been mayor for 20 something years. The city had grown. It had exploded. It had done very well under his leadership. And so we ran the race and we started putting our signs out and and there's a moral to the story, I promise you. And so we started putting our signs out. Well, people started burning the signs. They went around and they would light these signs on fire and they were chloroplasts, so they would drip and they would, of course, catch people's lawns on fire, you know? And it was, 
it was weird. <laughs> it was, and so the local newspaper, they got the article, they took, did an article on it. Well, the Birmingham market picked it up and the AP picked it up. And the next thing I know, I'm standing on city hall steps talking to Peter Jennings on World News Tonight, y'all. Do y'all remember? Y'all, I know. I said y'all again. Y'all don't know what y'all is, do you? So anyway, but I was, I was talking to Peter Jennings. How many of you remember who Peter Jennings was? I mean, ABC World News Tonight. And I mean, again, 24 years old. And some of the questions he was asking, he said, you know, why did you do this? I'm like, well, why not? You know, I wanted to do it. And what did you think about people burning your signs? I'm like, well, Peter, yeah, I can't pay for this kind of advertisement. This is great. I'm talking to you. You know, so it was really, really cool. And so we went ahead, we ran the race and I lost, but I got 37%. Yes, that's commendable. Still to this day, the highest percentage ever against Mayor Leon Smith. Now, look, Mayor Smith is going to be with Jesus now. But here's the moral to the story, the reason I want to tell it, is the night of the election, our campaign director had actually put us in the same hotel as the mayor. And so the celebration, you know, they win. Everybody goes crazy. There's cameras everywhere. And so our doors open, and here's the mayor. Now, I'm a short guy, but he was really short. So anyway, he... And very gruff. And so he, he had a history, a long history of corruption. And uh, everyone had known it, but who cares when the city's doing well, right? When everything's going great, cool. And so they opened the doors. Well, there was the mayor with the police chief and the fire chief. And so he comes up and, you know, we did the political thing and, you know, shake hands. He pulled me in and he said, hey, I want to I wanna see you in my office first thing in the morning. I told my wife and she said, your life insurance is current, right? Just, just so we're, because you may not come back. So anyway, I said, yes, sir, I'll be there. What time? Eight o'clock. I'll be there a quarter till because that's what godly people do. So anyway, um, they get there early. I'm sorry. I'm speaking to my church now. So all the collective family, if you're watching, love you. So anyway, and so I got there and the mayor cussed me out. I mean, I don't know if I've ever been cussed that much. I mean, I've been cussed a lot. I was a police officer one time, got cussed a lot then. But this guy, I mean, he beat me. I mean, he's like, I've never had to spend as much money as I spent. You made me work for my job. This is my city. He said, why were you there? We had, we had these debates. He said, why were you never intimidated by me? Like that was the tactic he was using and he knew it, which was interesting. He said, I want to know, what is it that you have? Why were you intimidated? I said, well, you know, Mr. Mayor, with all due respect, I said, I don't fear man. You know, I just felt the call by God to run this race. I don't know why. I just felt, you know, to do it. And, you know, I've lived my life boldly and faithfully every day that I can. I mess up. Anybody else mess up every time? You know, every now and then we mess up. Five of us. I mean, everybody else, polish your halos. (laughs) Polish the halos in Green Bay. I mean, so anyway. And so I thought that was just on the coast that we had halo. Anyway, so... So anyway, he said, I want what you have. I said, what do you mean? I want what you have. What? What are you talking about? I want that faith. 70 something years old, atheist. And he said, I I want that. And so for the first time in my life, I actually led somebody to the Lord to know Jesus. And it was the mayor that just beat me in the election the day before. So... I called my wife, I mean, just as happy as could be. I'm like, I know what I'm supposed to do with my life from now. We're, I know it. We're called into the ministry. She's like, why do, you, why do you say that? Because Leon just got saved. Hell froze over. I'm telling you, it happens. It had, anyway. So, so, so it, was, it was one of those things that even after years passed, and again, he passed away several years ago, um, but he checked in with me and he became a deacon at First Baptist Church in Oxford, Alabama. He served there and uh, served on the finance committee. And it was an amazing thing because 
you know, I had an expectation that I was going to be mayor. I didn't expect to lead the mayor to Jesus, but that was God's plan. It wasn't for me to win the election. It was to win his soul to Christ. And that's what, that is really kind of where it all birthed, even with our church, because my wife did not marry a pastor. Y'all, she married a police officer at one time that I was a cop. And so, um, yeah, she's always been a little more spiritual than me. And, uh, sometimes I wonder what she saw in me then, but we were high school sweethearts. And, and so she stuck with us, with me through that. And, uh, we're very excited to be a part of what God's doing because God is doing something in his church. So I got a couple of rules, if you don't mind, if I, before I dive into the meat of the message. If I say something you like, say amen. Let's practice. Amen. If I say something you don't like, say amen anyway. And you can email Pastor Mark at celebrationchurch.tv if you don't like anything else, because I will be gone. And so that's, he said email him, there you go. So let the email box fill up, Pastor. All right, so, so that, that being said, um, you know, every church has an assignment and a mission. You know, the church is not these buildings. Now, what a great facility. What a great campus, man. You guys have an amazing campus, but what makes it even better is you because the truth is, is that there's nothing holy or spiritual about this building except for the church is in it because the people the people is the church. You're the church. I'm the church. We're the church. This is the gathering place for Celebration Church, right? And at the campus location, it's the building. So there's something supernatural that happens when we accept Christ. The spirit of the living God, actually the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead comes and lives inside of us. We are then the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I want to talk about the Holy Spirit today. And I want to just talk a little bit about expectation because I, I did not expect to be here. I didn't expect to be a pastor but God had other plans. And I think many times we don't see the fullness of what God wants to do because we're not expecting God to do. We're not expecting God to do, do some things. So I hope this speaks to you just a little bit today because we all have assignments. We have mission that God's called us to. And Hurricane Katrina, you've heard of that. We live on the Gulf Coast. We were impacted by Hurricane Katrina and we moved to the coast. The election was in August. We lost the election. We moved to the coast to start a church. January 1st, 2005, well, at August 29th, Hurricane Katrina hit, and it was like, okay, Lord, you brought us down here to die. Thanks. Awesome. We lost everything. We lost everything that we'd ever owned, except for what we had in the Honda Odyssey minivan, which my wife hated, by the way, but we had a small child, and this is a great vehicle for small children. I bought it on eBay, just saying. So, <laughs> always looking for a deal. And so anyway, so, so we, um, we had what was in that van, and but we came back and we started rebuilding. What I didn't tell you though was about four months before the storm hit, we purchased this little insurance policy for $6,500. And then after the storm, we got two and a half to $3 million from this pretty good investment. I would take that return any day. How about you? I mean, that's just really nice. And so that was the funding because God had a plan. And it, it was, that plan was even all the way back when I was running a campaign thinking I was going to be mayor of the city of Oxford, but God was calling us to the coast for a greater purpose. He has an assignment and a mission for all of us. Each and every one of us, we are significant in the eyes of God. There's a purpose in our lives and he wants to do something in and through us. And I want to talk to you about expectation. Luke 3, 15 through 16, the scripture says, now the people were waiting expectantly. Say that word, expectantly. And all of them were questioning in their hearts whether John might be the Messiah. 
And John answered them all. He said, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I'm not worthy to untie the strap of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The power of verse 16 is really in that verse 15 where it says expectation. And the interesting thing here is the location of this verse is significant as well because there had been 400 years of silence God had not said anything. 400 years, the Old Testament ends in Malachi, and then there's silence from the Lord. Then we move 400 years ahead, and the Bible tells us about the atmosphere of the people where the Holy Spirit was going to be poured out. The people were in expectation. There's something about that expectation. We need to understand that if God is going to do something, he looks for people with expectation. Are you expecting? The American church today, we don't expect... God to do things because we just read about what God did, not expecting God to do. It's just a history lesson. But here's the thing. God is still working. He's still moving. His Holy Spirit is active and alive and in us, right? In fact, the scripture says that even his word is sharper than any double-edged sword. It's alive. It's breathing. There's things that God wants to do. And there's this, there's a movement that's happening. And that's one reason why we're here is because there's something going on because God is doing something in his church, which is me and is you. He's doing something by his spirit. We should expect God to pour out his spirit. We should expect God to do the impossible again. Because what the world says is impossible. I know there's a cancel culture and they're trying to cancel everything. But you can't cancel God's purpose. You can't cancel God's will. You can't cancel what God says I'm going to do. And we've gotten caught up in expecting all the negative. And I get it. You can't watch the news anymore because it's just negaholic, man. You just can't right? But we can learn to look at the scripture and say, you know what, man, God did things when people were expecting him to, because we experience many times what we expect. Maybe you came into this building today or logged on. And, you know, a lot of times we go into new churches or go into places and we have, you know, we're, we're looking for things. We're looking for things to be wrong. And you're probably going to find whatever it is you're looking for. If you ever come to the Gulf coast and come to collective, I will give you a list of all the things wrong to save you time because we have a lot of issues at Collective. There's a lot of things that's not right. I mean, you know, the lights sometimes don't work right and things happen because the devil's in the technology. Amen, just is. Anyway, (laughs) we need to expect God to do impossible. We should praise in expectation. We should sow our seed financially in expectation. Pray in expectation. We should expect the atmosphere that the Holy Spirit is poured out in is where people are in expectation. Colossians 2.14 says, he erased the certificate of debt with with its obligations. That was against us and opposed to us and has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. There's nothing between you and your miracle. Jesus has made the way. And God wants to do something even in this service time today. I believe that. I believe God wants to do something in our heart, in our lives. There's something he wants to do. Are you expecting? Are you expecting something from God? Are we expecting him to pour out miracles? Are are we expecting healing? Are we expecting fear and depression to be defeated? Are we expecting to, to be rejuvenated, I guess you could say, in our faith? Psalm 119, 126 says this, says, it is time for the Lord to act for they have violated your instruction Man, if this is not a word for the hour for our nation, it's time for the Lord to act for they have violated your instruction. When you see people at a total disregard for God's word, it's not a time to digress. It's a time to expect him to move. The church is God's answer for reaching humanity with his will and purpose. That's you and that's me. 
The power of expectation is seen also in Acts 3, verse number 5. It says, so he turned to them, expecting to get something from them. Yeah, the power was in the name of Jesus, but the power was welcomed with the expectation of this man. My question for us today, celebration, we look, you're looking at me, you're listening to me, but I have to wonder if you're really expecting to receive. Are you expecting to receive something from this service today? Are you expecting to receive something? This man said, I don't hope, I don't believe, but I expect, I, I expect to receive something. There's something also that we need to know that the enemy himself is tormented by. See, the enemy is tormented not by what you did and not by what you're doing, but who you are to become. The enemy is tormented by your purpose, by your, by your potential that is on the inside of us. First John says that this one says, dear friends, we are God's children now. In fact, if you're a child of God, just say amen right there because this side's a little more holy. If you, I heard it more over here than it did over there. Maybe there's, anyway, if you're God's child, if you know Jesus, say amen. You're a child of God, right? Our identity is found in who we are in Christ, not by the name on our business cards or by where we live, but who we are in Christ. That's our identity. We're sons and daughters of the utmost high God. And what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. The enemy is scared of what you can be. The enemy isn't afraid, again, of your past and present. He's terrified of your future. See, something's coming. The greatest miracles are not behind you. It's not just that you read these things in the history books. You know, there's, there's, there's things that are coming. There's things that are ahead. Are you expecting God? Your best is ahead. You may have lost your expectation. I know I have in some capacities. I had. And there's just rejuvenation, even with church and kind of where we are. Man, there's, there's something happening. There's something different in this time and in this season. See, expectation will breed miracles. The best is still yet to come. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the best is yet to come? Do you believe that the best days are ahead of you, not behind you? Because if you don't, you're going to continue living in that past. You're going to continue living in that hurt and that pain. We carry the baggage and the weight of our yesterday into our today and tomorrow. Instead of understanding that, you know what? Jesus wants us to check that bag. He wants us to give it to him, right? Our God is greater. Maybe your faith has peaked. Hebrews 6 says, for God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. Guys, it's impossible for God to forget what he has promised. Are you expecting I expect today. I expect life change. Jesus is in this house and anything. I love what I heard on the video. Jesus is famous here. If Jesus is fam- if Jesus is here, anything can happen, right? I dare you to expect more. We become so sophisticated in the American church, especially and educated theologically that we've boxed God out of the church. We've boxed the supernatural out of the church. And today we really just need to say, you know what, Lord, I just expect your Holy Spirit to come and move. You know, I found this interesting too, that even if Jesus himself would apply to be the pastor of most churches in America, he wouldn't qualify. (laughs) He wouldn't, according to the way a lot of churches are structured. He wouldn't qualify for that. There's people today sitting in pews, looking like they've been baptized in vinegar. I know not here, not a celebration, but in other places. Drinking hater aid. Becoming negaholics. (laughs) you know what they're going to get? Nothing, nothing. Why? Because they're just going to reap what they sow. They're going to get negative. They're going to get hate. They're going to, 
Again, baptized in vinegar. <laughs> Vinegar's, anyway. I'm glad not to be in a dead, dry church today. Sometimes we need the anointing to break the yoke, and the yoke is actually our struggle, our stronghold. Be filled with expectation. When they set the lame man down in Scripture outside the gate, he looked on Peter and John expecting to receive something from them. What he really was expecting was what he had gotten every day before. And that was just a getting by to another day kind of blessing, just getting through. Maybe he was saying something like this. I'm going to go to the temple here at Celebration. Those of you at Stevens Point in Fox Valley, talking to you as well. Those of you at home in the bed that are interceding because that's what you say you do. Maybe he was probably just expecting another, get me through the day, do what I do. Many of us, we do that when we come to church. We just go through our routine. We go to church. All right, preacher, preach to me if you can. Impress me. And then we leave with no change. And we say, God didn't do this or God didn't do that. Well, did you expect him to? Did you place yourself in a place to where, you know what, God, here I am, surrendered. I expect you. I need help, Lord. You know, scripture says in 2 Chronicles, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then I will hear and heal. We need a healing in this land again. We need a healing in America again, and it's gonna start with the church. You know, did you come in even during praise and worship expecting? I know many, many years ago, my wife, again, I said this a little while ago, she's always been a little more spiritual. She grew up in the church. I didn't. I went to, I went to whatever... I went to whoever I was dating, I went to that church. So I got to know a lot of different churches. My wife says, quit telling that story. They're going to think bad of you. It's true. I just have nothing to hide. What you see is what you get. So I know them all. I mean, every one of them. And so I remember we first got involved with this church in Oxford. And, you know, and I was intrigued. You know, it was a little more Pentecostal background church, which means that they had these devil instruments called tambourines. Y'all know what a tambourine is? Okay, it's this little round thing that makes a lot of noise. That They're never on beat. Worship teams hate them because it just messes everything up. And all the worship people say, yeah, don't, no tambourines at celebration. Anyway, so I was intrigued because there was, these people were passionate. And there were, there were you know, there's a couple hundred people. It was not a very big church, but there's a couple hundred people. And, and, and I'm sitting there thinking, man, these folks are crazy. What are they doing? Raising your hands like, what are you doing? What are you waiting for? I mean, what? What is that about? And, and I'm just watching and, you know, and I'm going to lean over and I'm going to say, I mean, you got the, the ladies down, the tambourines. I'm like, that is just crazy to me. And I turn over to my wife and my wife is like, she was already like that. She didn't do it when I turned to her. She was already, I'm like, oh my God, she done drink some type of Kool-Aid when she came in here. What is going on? I mean, and here I am like on the back pew because I think my fingerprints are still there. I was a back row Baptist at that time. You know, my handprints are probably still in the pew because I was clenching down. Anyway, and so I looked at my wife and I'm like, man, this is, man, something's different. And I remember I made a decision in two weeks, I'm going to worship in two weeks. It's going to take me two weeks to get the car. In two weeks, it's going to take me. But Lord, okay, I'm going to worship you in two weeks. I know that sounds very fleshly, doesn't it? And so I made that decision. I went through the next week and I was sweating the week before. I was like, oh man, next week's the week. I told God, I'm actually going to lift my hands. And like, but I don't know. I don't All these people, what are they going to think? And so <laughs> two weeks came around and man, I was already sweating. I sweat a lot anyway, but I was sweating. And, you know, I was thinking, man, you know, worship's going. There's that devil instrument going down there. You know, it's like, 
Man, and I know if you, if you love tambourines, play them at home. You know, the Lord makes, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, the word says. And so anyway, and I looked over my wife, she's worshiping. I said, okay, here we go. I've made the decision. I'm going to, I'm going to honor my word to God. I'm going to start out kind of small though. So I'm going to like carry the TV. I'm looking around, it's like, ain't nobody looking at me. And I'm like, okay, well, cool. It's carrying the TV. So I'm going to graduate then to one hand. That's cool. It's awesome. Yeah, still nobody's looking because you, know, you kind of think everybody's looking. What are they going to think? And, and so finally I'm like, okay, now I'm going I'm to actually, because I'm a football fan, I'm like, okay, touchdown. I'm going to do the touchdown worship. So here we are, we're touchdown now. And so that was big for me. And so... And I'll never forget, I mean, yeah, it was a decision that I made, but I'll never forget the worship pastor. He, he started singing this old song, I Surrender All. And he was talking about I Surrender, and you know, because that's what this is, is surrender. That's the universal sign of surrender, right? And so anyway, and so he said, just worship the Lord, you know, surrender to him. And I remember closing my eyes, and for the very first time, I felt something different. It was different. It wasn't just something I was doing. I felt the presence of God for the very first time in my life. And it was because I had surrendered myself and given glory and honor to my Savior. See, the time, the only time during our gatherings and our services that God actually gets anything out of is when we worship him. He's not sitting up there. Jesus didn't sit up there. Pastor Mark says something that's really good. And Jesus is not like, he's not up there like, oh, that is good. Where did he get that? No, he knows his word, right? It's during our worship because he created us to worship him. And I'll never forget experiencing the Holy Spirit for the very first time. And it changed my life. See, some folks, even during worship, they're on their tiptoes in expectation and anticipation and many are spectating, just sitting. We don't have expectation anymore. We don't have expectation of what God can do. We just come to church and we get by with another day. Kind of blessing. Talk to me, preacher. He said some good things today. Let's go to the drive-thru and go home. In our text, he thought he was going to just get a get-by blessing. Just enough to keep him going. But God said because he was expecting, he was going to get his life changed in this one experience. See, every time we gather, every time the pastor preaches, Pastor Mark or someone else, we should expect to receive something, not just verbally what's being said, but what is it that God is saying through what's being said? What is he saying to your heart? What is he saying into your life? Have you ever felt like sometimes Pastor Mark had like a camera in your life because you're like, that message is for me. He's been, he's been stalking me all week. I know because this was for me. That's the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is always on time, every time, with what he wants to do and say to his church. People have got to be back in expectation. Jesus is God, the Father's gift to us of eternal life. The Holy Spirit is Jesus' gift to us to empower us in this life. It says, Jesus, speaking of Jesus, shall baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. What does that mean? What does it mean? Baptize us in fire. The Holy Spirit desires us. He desires you. Let me give you some points real quick. If you're, if you're, if you're really a child of God taking notes today, he wants to do five things. The first one, I'm gonna go very quickly. Pastor Mark said I had 75 minutes, but I'm gonna wrap it up before then. Number one, he wants to invade us. 
He wants to invade us. Invasion is a military term of warfare. You know, when one army invades another, there's this expectation of conquering. When the Holy Spirit comes into us, there's an invasion. He wants to invade our lives with his presence. It's not just attending church. We are the church, right? Number two, he wants to envelop us. Ephesians 1.13, scripture says, in him, you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. It's like a letter. You put it in an envelope. You seal it. Dirt can't get to it. Uncleanliness can't touch it. It's been sealed. He comes. He invades us. He envelops us. He seals us. And an envelope also delivers the content wherever that it's supposed to go. He wants to deliver us out of defeat. He wants to deliver us out of bondage. He wants to deliver us. He wants to seal us and deliver us and protect us along this journey until we reach the destination of our purpose and potential. Number three, he wants to instruct us. John 14, verse 26 says, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. The Holy Spirit would teach us all things. I remember my first sermon. First sermon as a youth pastor, associate pastor. Five minutes. Prayed for three weeks. 70 something hours, I'm sure. Scared to death. Five minutes, I get up and worship pastor had left the stage and gone to check on her daughter in the nursery. And it was like, five minutes, you gotta come back. There's an altar call time. Like, he's done already, yep, five minutes. I gave everything I had in five minutes, which wasn't much. But I gave everything. And I'll never forget the Holy Spirit just instructed me. He said, just, just deliver my word. Just speak. Just lead people to me. Just I don't have to be so articulate. Number four, he wants to impress on us. He brings impressions on us on what we're to do. Pray for that person. Pray for this person. Some people stand out. Maybe you should give money to this person. Don't go there. Get out of there. You belong here. He impresses. Number five, and I'm closing, he will indwell us. John four says, but whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. He wants to indwell in your body as his temple. You'll never be alone again. The only thing he needs from you is your expectation. Are you expecting? God can speak through you. He can speak to you. He can move in your life like never before. Do you believe it? And as I close, that's my heart and that's my prayer for Celebration Church and just in this opportunity that I've had and just for the church as a whole is to expect God again, expect him to do in a situation that you have going on, whatever it is, let's expect again. Can we expect, can we walk in expectation and receive all that God wants? Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you for this church. Thank you for what you're doing. Lord, today, as we bring your word, I pray God that the seed would be planted into our heart. I pray God that we would have an expectation and a hunger for you like never before. May you speak to us, renew us, strengthen us, lead us and guide us by your spirit. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Yes. Thank you, Pastor Camp. I'm going to invite the ushers to come forward and get ready to service uh, communion as we uh, start to wrap up our service. This morning, this is the part in our service where we always reflect on why we are here. We are here because of what Jesus Christ did on that cross for us 2,000 years ago. His body was broken so we could be made whole. His blood was shed so he could wipe away all of our sins. And that's why we're here. That's why we sing. That's why we worship him for what he's doing. So the Bible says, though, before you do this, to examine yourself. So I'm going to ask you all to bow your heads 
in a word of prayer. I'm just going to pray your prayer of forgiveness over everyone. If you think of something that comes to your mind that you need to be forgiven of, just you know, talk to God, confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, before we partake of the bread and the cup this morning, and in obedience to the scriptures, we pause to examine ourselves. If we've sinned against you in any way, we ask that you would forgive us, cleanse us in the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, and fill us and empower us by your Holy Spirit so that we can live lives that bring glory and honor to you. And as heads are bowed, maybe you're new to this, maybe you've never experienced Jesus in your life, you know, all you got to do is ask him to come into your life. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. If you'll do that in faith right now, Jesus will come into your life. He'll start putting you uh, on a new path of faith and experiencing God in your life. All you have to do is open your heart and receive him, and he will do a wonderful thing in you. Amen.